Uh, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to lead us through this service tonight. And the carols by candlelight. Uh, there will be some candles lit shortly, so don't worry. Um, just want to tell you, though, I've heard on the grapevine, um, Father Christmas is upping his game this year. I just want to tell you about this. Um, Apparently, this year, he's not just going to be filling stockings, but he's also decided to employ his elves to go into the community to serve people in really practical ways. Uh, Well, there were some elves locally who went and knocked on a door just recently, and they knocked on the door, uh, and uh, there's this chap who came and opened the door and said, oh, hello. And the elf said, well, I'd love to help you this Christmas. And he said, oh, why do you want to help me? And he said, oh, we're just, you know, we wanted to serve people. What could I do to help you? The man looked a bit puzzled, and he said, well... I've got this big porch at home, and uh, it'd be great if you could paint it, because we've got family coming over at Christmas time, if you could just sort it out for us. So he, he gave him a big pot of paint, and off the elf went round the back of the house. But as he was going, he said, you know, it's a big porch, and if you don't get it done in the time, don't worry, just make a start. But it's really kind that you came to help. So the elf scuttles off, and he reappears about 20 minutes later, and he knocks on the door, and he says... Ah, the job's done. And I even had time to do two coats of paint. And the guy is like, wow, I didn't think you'd manage that in the time that you had. And so the elf just starts walking off. And then he just turns around and goes, oh, by the way, I think you made a mistake. It wasn't a Porsche, it was a Ferrari. (laughs) Maybe this Christmas, maybe Father Christmas and the elves will make some mistakes. But tonight, as we... Rather like we did this morning, journey to the first Christmas. Uh, There's no mistakes in the things that we're going to read of tonight. There's no mistakes in the things we're going to sing of because we're going to journey, following the journey in God's word. God's word is from the Bible. It is true. And it tells us the joy of Christmas that we celebrate here as Christians in this church. So I know it's been frantic. If you're anything like me, you haven't finished doing all of your wrapping and all of your shopping and getting organized. So just as the lights dim in a moment, the lights are going to go out. Just take a moment of quiet, just in your own hearts, to prepare your hearts for tonight. And then uh, the whole service will just run smoothly. Uh, Different people will come up and read. Different songs and carols will come up on the screen and you can just take part. Um, But please just enjoy tonight. But as the lights go out now, I'm going to light the candles in a moment. Um, Just be quiet as the lights head off now. And prepare your hearts for all that we're going to learn of and think. Remember the words of Jesus. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in me will never walk in darkness again. Uh, We've been lighting these different candles uh, each Sunday for the last four weeks to prepare our hearts for Christmas and remind us that Christmas is coming. And of course, we've lit the fourth candle this morning because there are no more Sundays now between now and Christmas Day. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. Let me open in prayer as we come to God this evening. Loving Lord God, we praise you for the moment of quiet we've been able to enjoy. And we praise you that as we look at the candles lit here tonight, we are reminded that you are the light of the world, who came into our world to show us what God is like and to rescue us and give us relationship with you. We just pray that tonight we would enjoy journeying with the shepherds and the wise men and the angels and recalling the Christmas story as we sing carols, as these readings are read, that we would remember that first Christmas. We pray that you'd still our hearts now in the busyness of all the run-up to Christmas that we're enjoying and that you'd help us to focus on you. Thank you that you are the light of the world. Amen. Please do stand as the band begin and we'll sing that great carol once in Royal David's City.
don't know if you noticed in the end of that first verse we sung, uh, the words, Jesus Christ. Christ wasn't Jesus' surname. If he got a postcard or a Christmas card, it wouldn't have been to Mr. J. Christ. Uh, Christ is a title, and it means king. We were singing about Jesus the king. And also, I don't know if you noticed, in the second verse, it said the king, he came down from uh, heaven to earth. Well, the next uh, couple of readings and the next carol will tell us why the king would want to come to earth. The reading is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6 to 7. Writing 700 years before Jesus entered into the world on the first Christmas, the prophet Isaiah declares, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And the second reading is taken from Luke 2, 1 to 7. And this is 700 years later, Isaiah's declaration came true. And Luke records the birth of Jesus in the second chapter of his gospel. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Well, as we uh, journey to Bethlehem now to sing of that baby born, we'll light the rest of the candles in this room, uh, and uh, that will be a reminder that it was the baby Jesus who is the light of the world.
Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
This reading is from Matthew chapter 2 and the uh, verses are 1 to 12. In this reading we hear that kings from the east came to visit Jesus. They brought expensive gifts fit for a king. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, 
Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
Well, that is uh, one of this year's uh, adverts for Sainsbury's, trying to get us to buy our, our Christmas food from them. And I'm sure many of us are doing that. Um, but that little picture that was painted in that advert was remembering this year, the centenary, the 100 years since the beginning of the First World War. And uh, it's an amazing story that's told that on Christmas Eve, that song went out from the German trenches and from the British trenches. And then on Christmas morning, the soldiers who had been fighting against each other came together uh, to just play together, to share together. And then obviously the next day they'd go back to their trenches and the war would continue. There were the whole series of kind of unofficial ceasefires that took place a hundred years ago on Christmas morning this Thursday. Well, I think uh, as... uh, You'll see, on, as you saw on the video, um, Sainsbury's are right, Christmas is for sharing, and uh, it's a wonderful time when we can enjoy sharing together. But did you notice on the video, this little gift that was given? This arrived as a parcel, a package, to one of the British soldiers, and when his German friend didn't see, he'd slipped it into his coat, and the German soldier went back to his trench and uh, found this amazing gift. If you just focus and think for a moment about that gift in the trench, just notice three things about that amazing gesture of love. The first thing is that gift was not deserved, was it? These men were fighting against each other. The day before, they'd been trying to kill each other. It wasn't a deserved gift, but that's the nature of a gift, isn't it? It's given to people who don't necessarily deserve it. Second thing, that gift was incredibly generous. Now maybe we're sitting here, some of the children saying, well, a bar of chocolate's not that big a deal. My present's going to be way bigger. But if you were in a trench a hundred years ago and had to eat the food that they ate and in the conditions that they were living in, a bar of chocolate was amazing. And then to give that away and then to return to your trench and just have some moldy, stale biscuits to eat. It was an amazingly generous gift. And the third thing is, you notice, that gift was given in love. That gift was given in love. That's why we give gifts at Christmas, don't we? Because we love someone and we want to show that love to them. Well, just hold that picture of the First World War a hundred years ago in your mind and perhaps think of a few days' time, your Christmas, with your family and your friends. You will give and receive gifts and there's a great joy in doing that, isn't there? But think about the gifts that you give this Christmas time. They're undeserved. You don't give a gift to someone because they necessarily deserve it. You give payment to someone who deserves it. You give a gift to people who don't always deserve it because you love them. And when you give your gifts, you're generous. A bit unlike the man in this next story. There was a man once who uh, wasn't going to be able to be with his wife on Christmas Day because she worked in the hospital. She was on a night shift. So he went to a lovely shop and he bought his wife a beautiful vase. But as he went up to the counter to pay for it, it dropped on the floor and smashed into three pieces. Well, this man wasn't particularly generous. So he said to the, the cashier, don't, don't worry, just wrap it up and here's some money. Can you post it to this address to my wife who'll be working in the hospital on Christmas morning? She'll never know. She'll think I've been generous. So, of course, the present's wrapped up and uh, is sent to the hospital. And on Christmas morning, the wife opens up the present and then she sends a text message to her husband. And said, thank you, dear John, for being so generous. And thank you also for wrapping the three parts of the present in different wrapping. (laughs) When you give gifts this Christmas, you won't be like John, who's not generous. He didn't just buy another vase, a beautiful one for his wife. You will be generous. And that's the nature of giving, isn't it? It's undeserved and it's generous. And it's also given in love. Well, there's a picture from 100 years ago in the trenches 
there's a picture of your Christmas in a few days' time. What about the greatest gift of all that we celebrate at Christmas time? Uh, we've just sung a number of carols and had a number of readings from the Bible that tell us about that first Christmas. Now, we've sung about the prophecy, the, the promises that were made 700 years before Jesus even came into the, uh, onto earth, telling us that the king would be born. Uh, we've sung about Jesus being the Christ. Remember, that's not his surname, that's a title. He's the king. And we've also sung about these poor, uneducated, dirty shepherds and these really wealthy and intelligent kings. But they all came to Jesus to celebrate his birth. And that's what we're going to be celebrating in a few days' time. But perhaps you're asking, what was God doing that first Christmas? Sending Jesus into the world. What was God doing? Well, here's one uh, few verses from the Bible. It says this, the writer, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Three things that that couple of verses tell us. The first one is this. Perhaps this will surprise you. God has always been a communicating God. Some people sadly think God is some distant deity who's kind of wound up a clock, that's the earth, and he's just let it go. And he's not interested in our world. But the amazing truth is, this writer says, God has always been a communicating God. What does that demonstrate? It demonstrates his love for us. It demonstrates his desire to know us. Whenever you have a relationship with anyone, you want to communicate with them. And a God who loves you wants to communicate with you this Christmas. Third thing it teaches... The first Christmas, God spoke the loudest he's ever spoken by sending his son into the world. One of the names that was given to Jesus that we sing of in our carols is Emmanuel. It's a name that means God with us. That's what God was doing. But then people ask the question, okay, well, if that was God, what God was doing, he was a communicating God, what's he like? And this passage says, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus Notice what the writer says about Jesus, who's the son. Jesus was appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. The son Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Is that the view of Jesus that you have? I just want to ask you this Christmas, do you perhaps have a very small view of Jesus, some baby in a manger who grew up to be some great teacher. Because that's not what the writer writes about here. He speaks about Jesus being God. He speaks about Jesus being creator. It's an amazing truth. God is a communicating God. We ask the question then, well, what's God like? The answer is the Bible says, look at Jesus and you see God. But the third question perhaps you'll ask at Christmas, why did he come then? Well, the writer goes on. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. That's a funny phrase, isn't it? Purification for sin, what's all that about? What the writer is saying is that you and I have a problem that's deep within us that perhaps we're not even aware of. An attitude in our heart that says no to God. 
this Christmas as you receive presents. Perhaps after Christmas, maybe Boxing Day or a few days later, you'll start writing your thank you cards. Some people will do that. And you write a thank you card to your friends to say thank you for the gifts they've given you. Have you ever stopped to thank God for the life that he's given you? See, God is amazing. This Christmas, you and I will enjoy amazing things that God has blessed us with. Great food, family and friends. There are many things that we will enjoy at Christmas. But here's the incredible truth. When God created amazing things, he is the creator of all of them. And God never wanted stuff that he made that's good to become more important than him. Because often in our life, you and I are the same. We take good things that God has created and we let them be God in our life and God becomes something less. But the amazing truth is, and you'll be aware of this in your own life, when we seek to worship good things that God has given us, they never satisfy because they were never intended to satisfy us. But the glorious truth at Christmas is that there is a God who has given us amazing things. If I look into my own heart, the reality is I so often push God out of my life. We push him out of Christmas so often, and we push him out of our wider lives. But this Christmas, perhaps for the first time, you'll make room for Jesus, the King, who's come into the world to show us what God is like, and who's come into the world so that we can know God for ourselves, so that we can be forgiven, so that we can have a fresh start. That gift in the trenches a hundred years ago, it was undeserved, it was generous, it was given in love. I think Sainsbury's are right, Christmas is for sharing. And I want to wish each of you on behalf of our church a really happy Christmas. And as you share gifts with each other, can I just encourage you to think about that gift that God gave the first Christmas. The gift of himself to us because he loves us. Well, we're going to close in a moment with our final hymn. Can I invite you afterwards, if you'd like to, please do join us in the coffee hall um, for some refreshments, some tea and coffee. A particularly warm welcome, again, if you're a visitor, we'd love to get to know you, and uh, you're really welcome with us here this evening. Um, but as we close our carols by candlelight for this year, and we're going to sing that great carol, O Come All Ye Faithful, and it's really a call to those who believe the Christmas message, a call to them to worship God this Christmas. So if you feel able, please do stand with the band and we'll sing this great carol to end together. Can I wish you all a very happy Christmas.
please join with me in a closing prayer. Our loving Lord God, we praise you that you are the light of the world. But thank you that you came into our dark and broken world to show us who you are, to show us that you love us, to give us forgiveness, new life, new hope, and the promise of a wonderful future with you for all of eternity. Lord, we've sung that song, O come, let us adore him. And I pray for us all today, as a church, as a wider community, that we would do that this Christmas. We would celebrate the birth of Jesus. Please bless us and be with us all this Christmas time and forevermore. Amen.